coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show. My ex-husband just won't leave me alone. I've married him and divorced him twice because he's a cheater. You won't cut him off. You need him like oxygen because you're scared to death of being alone. He's scared of being alone. I'm not. Why won't you block him and cut him off and never talk to him again, ever? Hey, this is John. This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. Show about your mental and emotional health, your marriage, relationships of all kinds, from in-laws to kids to schools to work, whatever you got going on in your life. Shows about real people going through real challenging times. And my promise is I'll sit with you and we will figure out what to do next. We get thousands of inquiries from all over the world and we sift through them to create a show that's going to like open your eyes to help you feel not so alone. Those of you who are listening, if you want to be a part of the show, give me a buzz at 1-844-693-3291. It's 1-844-693-3291 or go to johndeloney.com slash ask ASK. And just as a reminder, um, for those of you who reach out on Instagram or Facebook, whatever, and ask long questions, I don't answer questions on those platforms. Um, just back and forth texting, I have found, does not, um, it, it just doesn't work. Um, it doesn't work. So if you want to um, if you want to sit with me, let's uh, give me a buzz and let's join the show. Um, Kelly, it's questions for humans time. It's not too late to get your questions for humans, the Christmas deck where we will save your Christmas. We're going to give y'all something to talk about, something to do. Y'all can put your screens down, stop talking about politics and whatever else is going on. And you can actually learn about each other. We got all kinds of questions for humans decks. We have dating, we have kids, we have teens, we have grandparents and kids. We have cards for everyone. Um, Go for it, Kelly. Let's do this. Is this the Christmas one? This is the Christmas deck. Yes. All right, cool. All right. So would you rather go caroling be caroled too, or fall face first into a cactus. I would rather like get on a diving board with no shirt and just belly flop onto a cactus. Yeah, I'm definitely um, face first into a cactus on that one. No question. Because A, I don't, I don't sing, so nobody wants to hear me sing Christmas I heard you sing them. one time. I literally died and came back alive. I, I know. I understand that. Um, and you're singing Creed. Can you take um, me? Do we need to point out to everybody that you and I are both going to see them this next summer with a group of people? Listen, everybody, this is the truth. Um, Kelly and I got Creed tickets. Yeah, we did. <laughs> there's a whole gang, and we're going to the show. Creed, Tonic, Three Doors Down. I will have a Morgan Wallen mullet and no shirt, and very, very tight black jeans on. And boots, and I will rock it on to the break. And I will take pictures and make sure you all see them. Oh my gosh! I just can see you. Are you just gonna wear like a camo bathing suit top? Is that all you're wearing, <laughs> Kelly? <laughs> it's gonna be wow. incredible. It's gonna be <laughs> incredible. Um, but the I think Jen and I had this conversation. Being Carol too is so awkward. What do you? Are you just stand there? What do you do? And if you don't want it, can you just shut the door prematurely? Or no, you, you got to take it like a champ. No, you got to be a trooper and just like sit through the whole song. But then, are you supposed to like tip them or give them a gift? What is? I mean, it's weird. Yeah, everyone just stares, and you all like just have clap. that weird exchange, like, and okay, then thanks. everybody walks away. Yeah, <laughs> it's so great. Oh yeah, I, I yeah, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. That's good. Do another one. That one ends kind of sadly. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Uh, yes. 100% yes. No. How can you say that? <laughs> Here's why. If I don't feel the joy of Christmas after I end the movie, 
Like if there's not like a Christmas theme that's prevalent throughout. Yes, it takes place at a Christmas party. Uh, whatever. Freedom. But it starts life. There. It's a America. Small what is more Christmas about that? Bruce Willis? No, it's not Christmas. It's one hundred percent a Christmas movie. I do movie. not feel Christmas joy and la la la. No, that's not what I get. From it's that not movie. It's Christmas until Hans Gruber falls backwards out of the window. Dude, I remember several years ago. Like I knew I'd married the right person, but when my wife was like, "Hey, it's Christmas. We should watch Die Hard," I remember thinking, "Dear God, I did right. I did right." I don't know if you can watch that movie any time of the year, because I feel like you can. Like, you all can right, watch let's go ahead and let's go ahead and that. while we're here, let's go ahead and just do a quick litmus test of your grasp on reality. Are you a dog mom or a pet owner? I'm a pet owner. All right. Well, you're tethered to reality a little bit. <laughs> all right, I'll give you that one. Are you going to Creed? I am not going to Creed because I will have a newborn baby then. Oh, you're already that mom. Be like mom? five months old. Jeez, oh, it'll be fine. It yeah, will be fine. Remember, concert, this is called the Summer of 99 tour. In the Summer of 99, <laughs> Jenna was a toddler. <laughs> you and I were functional, like, adults. So. Uh, I was a middle schooler. You were You were not in middle school. You were so full of it. Whatever, Grandma. Grandma Kelly. All right, let's go out to Atlanta, Georgia, and talk to the great and powerful Laura. What's up, Laura? Hello, hello. And I'm too old to go to a Creed. <laughs> you, you, listen, listen. <laughs> You are not. At the last turnstile show I went to, um, I went with how old's Blake? Fifty-five. I will be fifty by the time we go see Creed. So now how no old one was Blake? Old. Uh, he's three years older than me. So yeah, 53. so fifty-three. He did break a rib at that show. It got pretty wild. But no, <laughs> man, you can go to anything you want to. <laughs> no, I'm more like uh, Lionel Richie. <laughs> Barry Manilow. Those oh, hey! Of, you know, that's my age group. Barry Manilow and Neil Diamond <laughs> was the first concert I ever went to. My parents took me. Oh, I was that's a, a great one. I was a new, I was an infant. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's lodged in there. The first show I remember was the Oak Ridge Boys in Chicago. Man, that was a time ago. All right, so what's yeah. up? How can I help? Well, I hope that you can help me untangle some of the mess that I'm in. Um, First of all, my ex-husband, we've been divorced three years, um, just won't leave me alone, constantly sends me texts about, I miss you, uh, you know, I can't be without you, you know, texts, phone calls, emails, whatever. Now, the background is we've been together since we were seniors in high school. If we had stayed together, last week would have been our 40th anniversary. But I've married him and divorced him twice because he's a cheater. Oh, so you won't you won't cut him off. You need him. Well, the problem is I'm an only child. Um, my father is ninety four years old and has caregivers and is at his house. And you need him he, like oxygen because you're scared to death of being alone. I don't know that I'm scared of being alone. He's scared of being alone. I'm not. Then why won't you block him and cut him off and never talk to him again ever? He's well, just, he's destroyed your life multiple times. Well, this is true. This is true. But I have three children that are married. One, uh, one you're of them. You're, you're deflecting. Why won't okay, you cut sorry? him? Why won't you cut him off forever and say you have destroyed my life multiple times by cheating and cheating and cheating? You're not weaseling your way back in again. Explain to him that we will never be together again. Yeah, ever. but you've told him that two other times. 
all this is true. And probably, okay. I may be wrong, may be wrong, but in between your divorces, y'all have probably had some flings too. You mean with each other or? Yeah, with each other. Yeah. 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 So he's just business as usual. Yeah, that's right. He just thinks he's going to come right back in. Because he has every time. Anymore. He has every time. Of course he has. You're exactly right. <laughs> so when when somebody tells me like, hey, somebody won't quit contacting me, my first question is, well, are you talking to them? And they go, well, yes. Are you like responding back? Yes. Are you taking care of them? Well, I mean, kind of, yes. Are you making plans? I mean, sort of, yes. Or it's absolutely not. It's harassment and I called the police. But I'm guessing you're more of the of the former. Yeah, I am because I'm somebody that always wants everybody to be happy. There you I've go. learned that. Right. And um, with my dad, he wanted to, you know, once this all happened a couple of years ago, he said, you know, I don't have any family left, but I'm very close to your dad and I'd love to be able to go see your dad, you know, one day a week. So he takes some dinner on Sundays. Now, my, you know, I asked my dad if that was okay. And at first my dad was like, you know, you know, and then he said, well, Okay. So it got to be where he's wiggled his way back in and he has not. Yeah, he hasn't. He has created a relationship with or continued a relationship with your dad. If I was your dad, okay. I'd have my feelings hurt in a significant way. I mean, I'm sorry. If I was you and my dad was doing that, was continuing to meet with my ex-wife who had blown my life up and destroyed my kids' lives twice. Um, I would be hurt by that. But my dad's a grown man and can make his own choices. I well, my dad too. has dementia, so, you there, know, it's kind of like... There you go. He hasn't we weaseled his way back in. Unless okay. he starts messing around with the will and things like that. That's no. weaseling back in. But you okay. are allowing him into your life. Okay. I just don't know why you're doing that. Unless you just say, hey, I love him. He's cheated on me twice. We've been divorced twice, but I don't want to be alone. And I do love him. And he's hurt me bad, but here we are. And you make peace with that. Okay. Where where is your like where's your like digestive issues come from? Like where does that like what's what's the what's the hang up? Well probably it's because we have I have three grown children. One of them has grand um grandchildren that uh were were in contact with him. You know, before all this happened, they did stuff together. Mm -hmm. My other two children have had babies since our divorce and they, he has never met those babies because my children saw him cheating. So, you know, that's a whole nother different story. They were the ones that saw him the last time first. But you're, but and, you're, you're, they're grown adults. They get to do that. Yeah. And but, I guess it just hurts me because I think about he doesn't get to see them. It, you know, I, because I guess of, I do because still of care choices. about him. I don't love him. Hold but on. I still care about him. It's because of choices he made. That's right. I think you do care about him, and I think you'd probably be bananas if you didn't have a little bit of, like, love in there somewhere. I think the bigger picture is, how old are you? 65. 65. I think you had a really, really crystal yeah. clear picture of what your life was going to look like at 65, and that guy blew it up. Now, this is absolutely true, and he admits it. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry I did all that. Well, too bad. Except you know? not too bad, because you keep going back to him. Y'all keep, keep going out. Well, I'm not going out with him. Yes, you I are. I mean, I don't do stuff. No, I don't. I don't do anything. No, I do not see him. Okay. I talk to him on the phone. I do not see him. 
How does it? How I was getting ready to go on a trip. He wanted to come over here and tell me goodbye. I said, "What are you talking about?" And I just blew up because he said, he's followed. Yeah, he's he's just following the tracks y'all have followed before. Okay. Which is y'all got divorced. He cheated on you. Y'all got divorced. You said, "I'm I'm a uh, I'm not going to have this in my house. I'm not going to be married to someone who treats me like this and who cheats on me and my and the kids." And then mm-hmm. it started with, uh, well, hey, we have to talk because of the kids. And then it started a text message and it started in a phone call. And then, hey, let's just go grab coffee. And then you ended up married again. Oh, I didn't know. I know that. Okay. So what's the benefit of the in-between? I don't think there's any benefit. Then why don't you block there him and cut him benefit. off and say, I'm never talking to you again. I'm moving on with my life. Okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm just proposing that. Why, why haven't yes, you done that? I just, well, okay, here's the deal. Uh, he has no friends. That's his problem. That's that. a choice he's made. Yeah. Go. What else? <laughs> no money. That's a he choice. That's a issues. choice he's made. That's a choice he's made. I, I understand that. Um, he has health problems okay. and went to the hospital. And you know, they said we don't. You know, we've got to figure out what this is. You may be having congestive heart failure. What? He's got a heart trouble. He's got five stents in his heart. So I am the only one that can help him. There's nobody else that can help my, the child that talks to him doesn't live here. So, you know, what do you say? I'm sorry, you're sick and you may die. I'll, I'll see you later. I mean, I, I can't in my heart. I can't do that. Then you have to make peace with taking his phone calls and his text messages. And you have to make peace that maybe you're not his wife. Maybe y'all don't have romantic interests, but now you're his mother. Well, that's true. I am his mother. You're his mom. So make peace with that. Okay. He chose on multiple occasions to not be in relationship with you. Mm-hmm. He chose to not be in relationship with his kids by his actions. Mm-hmm. Correct. And you have chosen to not let go of this fantasy that you've held on to for almost 40 years. And I'm not telling you you have to let it go, but here's what I want. I want you to make peace with it. Okay. If you're going to take care of this deadbeat and you're going to take care of him and pay his bills and make sure he's got chicken noodle soup, then make peace with that. But that's not what I want to do. And if you want him out of your life, like you called and said he won't quit calling me. Well, of course not. You're his mom. Yeah. So if you're not going to take care of him, then cut him off. And say, I'm, I'm, I, I can't do this. This isn't my responsibility to take care of you. Call the Social Security office. And, I mean, I wish you the best. Mm-hmm. But you can't heal him. You can't make him be a person of character. He's not going to be. Mm-hmm. You can't make your kids. Your kids seem to have more intestinal fortitude than you do. Yes, I do. And so I just make peace with it. Okay. Do you see an do you see an alternative? You know what I mean? Yeah, the, there isn't. I mean, yes, I, I agree. I understand. Yeah, I don't want to be his mom, though. I don't want the rest of my life being his mom. But you've already decided that's the case. <laughs> you said like I can't let him just you know yeah, pay his well, own bills. Maybe I need I need to get some I need to get some backbone. Is that's that what been you my want? My problem all along. Well, that's been my problem all along. Yeah. I remarried him. Why did I do that? I should have never done that. Well, that's in hindsight, but you were trying to keep that fantasy together. Gotcha. And fantasies are powerful, man. Hope is a powerful thing. It's incredible. Yeah. 
So I'm in, I'm fascinated. What are you going to do? Well, I don't know. I got to think about it. I got to figure out what what I can. Or let me let me say it this way: Where does this end? And what I mean by that is this: If he has five stints and he's entering into congestive heart failure, he doesn't have a long time. Mm-hmm. And so, are you going to ride it out for a couple of years with him as he passes and make sure he doesn't die alone? Or are you going to use your retirement that you had to save on your own as a single mom because he left you a few times to go run around on you? Are you going to save that money and whatever inheritance your 94-year-old father leaves you to take care of him for the next 15 years and all of his surgeries and all of his health care and his skilled nursing and all that? No. That's the question. I'm not. Mm-hmm. And so I think the fair thing to do is to have that conversation. Because in his mind, you've always taken care of him for 40 years, more than half his life. Yes. And so it's fair to say, hey, this, this train is over. I can't, in good conscience, take money that go to my grandkids and support a guy who left me twice. Or, That's absolutely right. Or um, I'm going to take care of this and this and this, and then that's it. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You should call the Social Security office and see where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. See what I'm I'm saying? Exactly. And I don't mean to be cruel to him, but man, he's used you for a long, long, long time. Oh, yes, he has. Yes, he has. (laughs) Yes. And your kids, your kids could see it, that they're worth more than being used. And I guess my hope for you, Laura, is that even after all this time, you're able to grieve. It would have been your 40th anniversary. How amazing would that have been? And your kids would have been there and the grandkids would have been there. That's how it was supposed to be. And it's not. And every single person listening to this call, myself included, has a picture of the way things were supposed to be. And they're not. And the quicker we can sit in what is, choose reality. We can sit in that and just exhale and weep and whew. then our bodies learn that we're in the driver's seat of our own life and we can then go about making and painting a new picture. All right, what's the time left? I'm 65. Statistically, I've got 10 to 15 years, but potentially I've got 20 years left. My dad's 94. Maybe I can do 95, 20, or 30 years. I'm sorry. What do I want to do with the last 30? I mean, his mom, cool. You can do that. I'm not going to get mad at you for it. You get your life. You get to choose. I'm going to move in by my grandkids and just like be the greatest grandma of all time. You get to pick. You get to pick. You get to pick. I do think it's fair to have a hard conversation, whatever that's going to look like. I'm going to continue to take care of you even though you've hurt me. But here's my boundaries because I'm your mom now. Or, hey, this train ends where I'm done. I'm done. This money's going to take care of me for the rest of my life and for these babies. All right, I'm really anxious to hear how this conversation goes. So give me a holler back. I know you ain't no holler back girl, but give me a holler back and let us know how that conversation goes. I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of you. We'll be right back. One of the most common questions I get on my show is how do you get something off your chest? Maybe it's a deep secret that you've never told anyone, or maybe it's something that happened to you. 
Or maybe it's something you've done and you're deeply ashamed about it. You're worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption in every part of your life. All of us, every single one of us, have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this always, secrets will kill you. But it's often so hard to know where to start or even how to say these things. Therapy is a safe and effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get these heavy things off my chest and figure out what to do next. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time, and it doesn't cost any extra money. Listen, it's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, let's go out to Kansas City, home of Patrick Mahomes, and talk to Chris. What's up, Chris? Hey, Dr. John. What up? How we doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Thank you for taking my call today. Of course, man. What's up? Hey, so um, I'm I'm feeling guilty and scared about sharing text messages with my brother's ex-wife, which ultimately led to a temporary loss of custody of his children. Um, I haven't had contact with my brother in over a year because of his behavior and mental state. Uh, We believe he may be suffering from addiction to some illegal substances. My family and several members of my extended family who are involved in the situation have been scared of what my brother may do to us. We may be asked to testify in future court hearings, and I'm struggling with this because I feel this is the final nail in the relationship between my brother and the relationship between myself and my father. I'm sad because I feel that the best thing for my brother's children was to be in a safe home and my brother hopefully gets the help he needs. I feel like I'm mourning the death of my brother and my father even though they are still alive. There's a lot of history, years that led up to this latest event. Just looking for someone to help me process this. Hmm. So let me let me wrap my head around it. Um, you discovered some things that your brother sent you that made you really concerned about the welfare of your nieces and nephews. And it was such that the authorities took the kids away from him. And because you looked out for the welfare of those kids, your dad's mad at you. Your brother won't talk to you. And your brother's kind of spiraling out. And this is probably going to end up in court. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much kind of a summary. Um, so I, I haven't had contact with him. Um, for, I haven't been in his physical preference for two years because I haven't felt safe around him. Do you think if you if you saw him, he would try to kill you, try to fight you? Like, what do you mean when you, you you're not safe? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, has he we said- were essentially one one wrong conversation or one kind of mislook from from him trying to physically, you know, harm me around my children and stuff. So, do you have a no contact order with him. the police? Yeah, I so I went to file one. Uh huh. Um, during this latest, they felt like they kind of talked me out of it because I didn't have 
like text message proof that okay. he threatened to kill kill or harm me. Okay. Um, I have text messages he sent to her mother that said that, but since those weren't directed to me, um, I couldn't file. My our mother could. Which he, he said he was going to kill your to. mom. He was going to kill, yes, uh, me through my mother. He just told your mom, I'm going to kill my brother? Uh, essentially, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I can get into more detail, but... Well, before I say anything, and where's your dad at? Does he expect you to protect your brother and he's mad at you? Essentially, yeah. Um, he, he's... I, I don't think I know he's concerned about my my brother's mental state and his drug addiction. But for whatever reason, um, he believes that the children are safer with the brother, and I don't believe that in any shape or form. He's under the impression that the ex-wife is having issues, but he only believes that because of what that brother told him. Okay. So, so let me tell you this as directly as I can, okay? How old are you? 35. Okay. What you did was unequivocally 1,000% the right thing. And I hate it that this is your brother who's struggling, and you did the right thing. And I hate it that your father is so wrapped up in his own shame and his own guilt that he cares more about his reputation and he cares more about your son's reputation and the, the lies of somebody in the throes of mental health challenges and addiction than he does his grandkids. I hate that for you. And I especially hate it for those kids. But somebody had to be the adult here, the responsible, mature adult who said, not on my watch. And that was you. And that was courage. Because you knew what it would cost you. It would cost you possibly your safety. It would cost you a relationship with your brother, with your mom, with your dad. And you did that to protect those kids. And I trust you. You sound level-headed. sounds like you know ex-wife. And ex-wife probably isn't perfect. Nobody is. But the kids are safer with her than with their dad. And it sounds like the authorities thought that as well. So as far as I'm concerned, it sounds like you're a hero. You save some kids. Do you believe me when I say that? I do. I do. Um, I'm just kind of uh, I've been listening to your show now for a couple of years, and I've, this 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 latest you know event has kind of just got me spir my spiraling myself. Of course, you know why? Because your dad chose image and being right over protecting babies, and that's probably not the dad you thought he was. And your mom had an opportunity to protect you from a brother who said, I'm going to kill my brother. And she didn't. And I can't imagine. My little brother's one of the greatest people I know and greatest men I know. I can't imagine looking over my shoulder all the time that my own flesh and blood in a, in a, in a season of instability and not being well would want me dead. So, yeah, you're right to be completely un, unwound. It sounds terrifying, to be honest with you. The whole thing. Yeah, it had. It's been extremely terrifying, especially for my for my wife. And yeah. 
I mean, even my kids can feel it. Like mm-hmm. you say, more is caught and taught there, and yep. and they've shown signs of being scared in the latest event. Um, I I feel better. It's been several weeks now. Okay, been a few weeks, and I'm feeling better. I'm not. I'm sleeping again. Um, good. Not as on edge when I'm out and about around town. But uh, there has been, you know, some updates, and every time there's an update, I kind of feel the tense, the t- the, uh, the scared, the the, ten- the intensity kind of creep back in. Are the updates and, positive or the updates negative? Uh, kind of, kind of more, kind of just not a big, not a big change. Um, just updates in the court. Uh, okay. So here's what I want you to do. A couple of things, okay? Every time you get one of those calls about the courtroom, your body's put a GPS pin in this whole situation. And anytime somebody brings it up, anytime you'll talk about it, it remembers, hey, we might get killed. And so it hammers. Just think of a hammer on one of those things at a circus, you know, when you hit it really hard and it goes all the way up and it try to ding the bell. You know what I'm talking about? Like, just mm-hmm. imagine that. Because that's what your body's doing. Because this isn't like, man, if somebody finds out, they're going to be really mad. Or if somebody finds out, I'm going to get fired. Somebody has said, I'm going to kill you. And your mom didn't do anything about it. Your dad didn't do anything about it. The police haven't done anything about it yet. So your body's right. Your body's correct. And so when you feel that, when you get a call from the court, hey, here's the new date. Hey, just got court just got bumped again. And we're going to ask you to testify. Will you review this file? And your body goes, hits that thing again. I want you to make a fist and I want you to put it in the middle of your chest and say, thank you for protecting me. I got it. Don't try to fight that stuff. Your body's trying to take care of you. The more you fight it, the louder it's going to holler at you because it doesn't think you're getting the message. And then... I think with your kids, I think it's very fair to say Uncle So-and-so, I'll just make up a name, Uncle Billy is really sick. And when he gets sick, he can be scary. And daddy's been scared. And daddy's called the right people and daddy's doing the next right thing. And your dad will always protect children, even when it's hard. And so what you're doing is you're letting your kids feel your fear and feel that tension in your home and letting them know that the adults in the room are still driving the car. That's how they'll grow up to be men of character and women of character and men and women of resilience and bravery and courage like their dad. And here's the hardest thing I'm going to tell you. Your mom and dad have opted out of relationship with you. And I can't think of a, I mean, that's just heartbreaking. I hate that for you. They should be on your side, walking arm in arm, protecting these kids. And they're not. Is there any chance your brother gets the help he needs? I have hope. Um, I, I know it's not going to be a quick thing. Mm-hmm. I, I hope I wake up two years, five years or down the road and he's better. I don't know if we'll ever have a relationship again, but if he gets if he gets sober and he gets the help he needs for his mental health disorders, 
I promise you someday he's going to turn around and say, hey, you're the one that kept my kids safe. Thank you. You're the one that forced me into court-mandated rehab, and I finally got the care I needed. Thank you for loving me when nobody else would, not even mom and dad. Thank you for seeing through all my bullcrap. And how do I know that? I've had these conversations with people I care about. They've circled back around. But in the meantime, it is lonely and isolating, and in your case, terrifying, because he says, I'm going to kill you. In your heart of hearts, do you really think that's possible? That he would do that? Is he a violent guy? Um, or is he a, is he a drug you. addict just running his mouth? So I, before he started going down the substance abuse life about three years ago, he would kind of run his mouth like this, and I and I get it feel scared. Now that he's definitely unstable, um, I I have been feeling scared. Like I've been, you know, sleeping with a firearm next to my bed and things like that um, because he's just been extremely uh, kind of violent okay. the way he's communicated with all of us. And and it, it's not just within us. It's there was a lot of instances in public where he scared a lot of people. I can't imagine having to go to war with my son to protect grandkids. I mean, that just sounds so surreal, right? That just sounds like not real. It's very, very, very real. And thanks for clarifying that for your mom. I'm glad she's a person of character too. And I know it feels like there's only so much she can do. <sighs> what I'll tell you and I'll reiterate, um, and again, for whatever it's worth for me, because you're the one that's got to decide I'm not doing holidays this year. I'm staying out of this stuff. Um, and maybe this is the year you and your wife and your kids don't do holidays with your family. You do holidays with her family. Y'all take yourself to a weekend getaway somewhere and y'all go whatever. Y'all just stay out of town. Um, but the whole world would look different if more men and women had courage like you. Who stared down their family systems, who stared down systems they stare down brothers and sisters mom and dads they stare down brothers who are sick brothers who are st and sisters who are struggling with addiction and they said you're not going to hurt kids on my watch and it might cost me relationship with you for the time being it might cost me a loss of sleep it might cost me a lot you're not going to hurt kids on my watch period i'm proud of you my brother i'm proud of you um, court can be messy so call me anytime man and uh, I'd love to have you back on the show to talk through the process my hope is your brother gets the help and care he needs and it might come in the in the form of a court mandate and the court says you will not see your kids unless you go get well and man maybe that will be one tiny little pin light through the fog of his life he can at least follow that pin light towards the help and healing and sobriety 
peace that he so desperately needs. Thanks for loving everybody, including your brother. Including your brother. We'll be right back. All right, let's go out to Omaha, somewhere in middle America. Uh, talk to James. What's up, James? Hey, how we doing, Dr. John? We're rocking it on to the break of dawn. What's up with you? Not a whole lot. I appreciate you for the opportunity today to kind of speak with you. Of course, man. What's up? So kind of a two-part question, uh, a little bit multifaceted. But first off, um, how would do you suggest people, um, myself being the husband, validate my wife's concerns about my mom, but also trying to somewhat back my mom as well? <laughs> oh, man. Kind of, kind of tough. Basically, you're like, hey. How do we create civilization on Mars <laughs> yeah, and yep. get there, right? Yep. Um, <laughs> you're asking a very impossible task. Um, what did your mom do that your wife doesn't like? Or what is your mom's doing that your wife doesn't like? That you're, that you're quietly, secretly thinking, I think my mom's right. What is it? Yep. Yep. So uh, a couple of instances that have happened in the last probably six months. Uh, the first one was... She, you know, my family didn't give my wife like a birthday card or even a birthday present other than just like a simple text while, you know, her family is like showering me on my birthday. And so she kind of sees like the comparison situation there. Okay, That's how it started. That's how I initially felt her feelings for it. But then now it's more of like a, I'm a, I'm one of four kids and we're the only ones that don't have kids in our family mm-hmm. or for our immediate family and everybody else and my siblings do. So she sees the favoritism of the grandkids and their families, but we kind of get left third or fourth fiddle. Well, yeah. Cause they have grandkids. Correct. And that's, that's how I, I, I see it that way. But how long have you been married? Uh, about a year and a half. Okay. There we go. Yep. Um, Hmm. So she's not on the phone to defend herself. If she was calling me saying the same things just from her perspective, I would tell her as quickly as humanly possible, stop the comparison game and start the communication game. Here's what I mean by that. Hey, James, my family goes over the top with birthdays. Madhouse. Your family um, sprinkles some shredded cheese over nachos for Thanksgiving. (laughs) I want to have a lot of love on my birthday. Now you have an opportunity to help meet her needs. Yep. Right? The other side of it is, you know your family. And after your birthday, when you got showered with a ton of stuff, you knew your parents would never do that. And so, you can facilitate mom, dad. Birthdays are a huge deal to my wife. Send some stuff. Mm-hmm. Send a singing telegram. And your parents be like, that's stupid. We're not doing that. And say, yes, you are. You're doing that. And then you can facilitate. That's fair. See what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. But it well, all comes down to as, as long as your wife is keeping score... She's just going to have a miserable life. Does she do this on other things too? 
Like how much your yeah. friends make and who's driving what car and how big their house is and what their laundry room looks like? Uh, no, not necessarily like materialistic things. The only, that's why it kind of threw me off with the birthday thing. Um, cause she didn't seem like that would bother her, but I think it was, you know, she wants to have this really great relationship with my mom. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of things that have happened in the last about year with my family, you know, her parents, had, my mom's parents both passed away within six months of each other. Um, and then, you know, my sister is going to a husband who's an alcoholic and then my brother just got a divorce. So it was kind of like everything unraveled all at once. Mm-hmm. And my wife is sitting here like, well, we haven't done anything wrong. Why can't we continue to kind of work on a relationship since she sees me having a great relationship with her mom? If that makes sense. Or her dad too. Gosh, can I be a, a kind of a prick for a second? Yeah, absolutely. Like, what is it about, like, watching your mom drown that your wife sees that and she's like, well, what about me? Like, um, that seems super not attuned to reality. Yeah, and I and I could be just, it could be the way I'm, I'm phrasing it, but I don't, I, I, I guess, dude, like, I have a rule. I don't like talking about people's wives, but this is a show. Like, I don't know what about that situation, six months where two of your brothers and um, two of your mom's kids are going through hell. She just lost both of her parents and your wife isn't there. She wants to build a relationship. She's not there on the front porch doing everything she can to walk alongside your mom while her whole world falls apart. Yeah. But instead, yeah. she's sitting at home being like, well, why doesn't she call me? Yeah, and I, and I think, too— um, That seems super immature, man. Yeah, I, I think I think also, you know, the, the extra part that I haven't quite detailed is, you know, like, my wife has been the first person to go help my sister watch the kids while she's going to visit um, her husband in a rehab facility or— or, you know, my family, me and my wife seem to be the first people to always offer up our help mm-hmm. and want to be those people at the forefront of helping. Okay. And I feel like she just doesn't know if it's like my family doesn't know how to reciprocate that in the sense of like just, you know, for example, a little acknowledgement on your birthday more than just a text. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's kind of like we keep giving, 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 and we're obviously doing it for the right reasons. But it just seems like she doesn't feel that type of love that I think she wants to, ha- you know, in the source that she wants to have it in, you know, like your love languages and such. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like, um, okay, so she's not selfish. She sounds like she's very giving and very kind. Oh, thank, very good. Thank you for clarifying that, clarifying that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, I would be willing to bet money. This is about communication. Meaning, yep, if I she sat with you. your mom and said, I love you so much, and I want you to be a part of my birthday party next year, that few things in the world would make your mom f- smile more than that. Yeah. And just teaching somebody else in a different family system, here's how I like to be loved. Because for many, a text message is like a cold drink of water in the desert. Oh, my gosh, they remembered. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. And you've probably had a few birthdays where you got a text message the next day and they're like, oh, sorry, we got busy. Hope you had a great birthday. Yep. And, and for you, that's just how my folks roll. Mm-hmm. And for your wife, that would be the end of time if her parents forgot, right? Yeah. And I, and I think the root of it is too, you know, like growing up, 
completely different lives. You know, they had her parents that were, um, you know, when they had kids, they were, you know, well off, had great jobs. They only had two of them. Whereas my family started young, they had four kids. So we, you know, I lived off hand-me-downs. I'm the youngest. Whereas sure. She's never had one because he has a brother and just her. So, right. I, I would be very know, careful about product. doing things early on in a marriage to try to get somebody in the new family to like you. Because what you end up doing is treating them like a 401k. I'm doing these nice things as an investment so that you will like me and I will have this magical fantasy life that I want to have. Yeah. Versus there's a need I'm going to show up. Yeah. And over time, if people are ugly, they don't care that I'm there. It's not reciprocated. Then yeah, I'm going to put my energy somewhere else. That's fine. But my guess is with your mom's life on fire, the lack of attention may be such a gift to your mom because she can. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, the fact that we aren't also causing issues is a relief at the moment too. Not we causing issues, but you know, there's, there's things that have just been imploded on their, on, on them. And then we're over here just kind of being successful couple and just kind of, trying to help out as much as we possibly can, but right. Y'all are a year and a half in make no mistake. Your tough days are ahead. They'll come. Yep. yep. And it looks like your mom and dad are the kind of folks who circle the wagons and take care of their kids and love their kids and work, walk through hell with them. Absolutely. And right now y'all aren't in that. Y'all aren't in the storm, man. Yeah. So here, here's what I would challenge. Here's my challenge, and it's a tough one. Um, I don't think you have to placate mom, placate wife. I don't think you have to do any of that stuff. I think it's as clear as, hey, honey, my mom shows love by being a ride or die. When things get off the rails, my mom will be there. And because there's four kids, they've been running around trying to figure out what up from down for the last 25 years. Um, my mom just, that's just not how she does it. And she would if she knew. So mm -hmm. I'm going to tell her, hey, mom, dad, birthdays are a humongous deal to my wife. And we'd love to invite you into it next time. Yeah. And maybe okay. even you take a knee on this one and say, honey, I should have told my mom how big of a deal these kind of things are, how big of a deal Thanksgiving is, how big of a deal Christmas is. Here's, here's like my house. Okay. I'll, I'll give you a good example. When we first got married, um, my wife came over to our house for Easter. So here's like a picture of Easter and I'm kind of over dramatizing, but not really. My dad would get a bag of those, um, individually wrapped candy covered marshmallows. They're eggs. They're so good. I like to put 14 of them in my mouth all at once and rub them on my body. Okay? They're incredible. And he would say, everybody turn around. And we'd all turn around. He'd stand at the front yard and throw them into the front yard just from the front porch. And he'd go, look, kids, Easter when he came. We'd all run out and grab them. And then Easter was like over. That was it. Now, I did have some Easter egg hunts as a kid. I'm over-dramatizing it, right? But that's basically what it was. For my yeah. wife, Easter, families came from states over. 
Yep. Everybody came out to the dairy farm. It was a huge thing. So her first Easter with me and my family was devastating. Mm-hmm. Because Easter was ever it was the most important holiday for her and her family. And for me and my yep. family, it was a it was a way to get pre-diabetic. <laughs> right? Yep. And so yep. here's what my wife did that was so so incredible. She said, Hey, Easter's a humongous deal to me. If this is how y'all celebrate Easter, awesome. Good for your family. I want to do it, celebrate Easter with my family. And I was like, great. Sounds awesome. And so Easter became when we went out to her family's place in these different, different parts of the country. It was all, it was, but it started with communication. Yeah. Right. And then we figured it out. And I could have said, I'm not doing that. I like how my family does it. I like us all just sitting on the couch, nobody talking and us just mainlining sugar and red number 40. <laughs> but I didn't because I love my wife, right? See what I'm saying? So it was about communication and expectation. And dude, it's been magic ever since. And so I think it sounds like that's where you're at. And I would have no problem if your wife says, gosh, I wish your mom would care more about us. I, and, and I would have no problem saying, it looks like my mom is up to her eyeballs in care right now. She's really blessed to have at least a couple of her kids in her circle acting like um, adults or being well or not dealing with some sort of crisis. And she's really lucky that she's got people in her family that love each other and look out for each other like you guys do. We're going to go take care of the kids. We're going to go do X, Y, and Z. That's awesome. It's, ama- it's amazing. But I would also steer clear of, dude, we're not going to do any comparisons. Of course, they've got grandkids, man. Like, that's just the way that's going to be. They're going to focus their energy over there. And I don't have, I mean, there's no heartbreak over there. Y'all can choose to go over there and be a part of those conversations. Or you can sit at home with your arms folded and be like, why aren't they coming over here? Well, you don't have any kids. You don't have any grandkids. And grandkids are fun and cute and goofy. And everybody just sit there like, they just look at them and they roll around on the floor or whatever they do. And everyone goes, ah, and then they poop and then they eat and they go to bed, repeat, right? That's just it. That's it. And so all I have to say is I would get my feelings hurt. That's just not the stage y'all are in yet. It's not. At the end of the day, choosing to look around and be like, why not me? Why not me? Why not me? Is a recipe. It's a choice to be more miserable in the present. I'm going to continue to do the next right thing. The thing I think, the thing I think is ethical. The thing I think is aligned with my values not going to do the comparison stuff and i'm going to continue to seek joy and beauty in my life not seek places where it's not fair and i know that continual service and continual avoidance it's taxing and, and tiring after a while then i get to take my service elsewhere if that's what i choose to do but it sounds like just some good old fashioned hey we're newlyweds we're still figuring this out I'll take it for the for my family. We didn't communicate. We don't do birthdays that well, but next year is going to be off the rails. And it's not because we don't love you. It's just how we do it. And we're going to do it differently this time. Start that communication now, man. Your marriage is going to be something very, very special as you go. She's lucky to have you, man. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. 
Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, as we wrap up today's show, uh, a couple things. Number one, we were talking off air. You seriously don't like circus peanuts? It's styrofoam, orange styrofoam. Those are so disgusting. Oh, my gosh. They are uh, marshmallows shaped like peanuts that were that were... That were made like 32 years ago, so they're kind of too hard. They are. There's not. That's not marshmallow. That's like rubber. Like foam I don't rubber. know if y'all listening are religious people, but circus peanuts are of the Lord. That's all I gotta say. And especially no. those little candy colored uh, those those candy coated marshmallow eggs. Oh my! No, so good. No. Yes. No. Mm. No. Maybe you want to produce another show with somebody with. Terrible taste. taste. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, if you're listening to this on podcast, I got a small little tattoo of some prayer hands, some praying hands. And my daughter saw them and she is seven and she goes, dad, good grief. And I was like, what? And she goes, why did you get two hands clapping for yourself tattooed on your body? Do you? And she goes, do you need that? Ah. <laughs> uh, uh. All right, so as we wrap up today's show, Kelly's literally favorite band of all time. The great and powerful Creed. And the song is called Hide. And Kelly and I will be shaking it like a salt shaker whenever they come to town. Creed. The song goes like this. To what do I owe this gift, my friend, my life, my love, my soul? I've been dancing with the devil way too long, and it's making me grow old. Let's leave. Oh, let's get away. Get lost in time where there's no reason left to hide. Let's leave. Let's get away. Run in fields of time. Not T-H-Y-M-E, of which there are actual fields, but fields of time, T-I-M-E, just clocks everywhere. There's no reason left to hide. I don't really know what this song means. Who cares? <laughs> Run through fields of time, my friends. I love you all. Bye.